does your heart break for? I think my heart breaks all the time, you know? I think it's a multitude of things. I don't think it's just one. Yeah. One instance or one problem because if you think about it, every person is experiencing heartbreak. And a part of me, like, it's almost like another person's heartbreak yeah. is what breaks my mm. heart. And I think that's something that I've I've struggled with too is kind of talk to others whose hearts are breaking mm-hmm. instead of like going deep into my own yeah self I mean I can remember when I was in high school my friend was was coming out mm-hmm. and, she, and I was just so all about having conversations with her and like you know almost like putting all of I think my own mm-hmm. heartbreak into hers mm-hmm. it was it was like a way for me not not to feel my own mm-hmm. issues but like also to feel something great mm-hmm. in helping someone else like through their heartbreak but then like at a certain point I do have to turn inward and really figure out like mm-hmm. what is the root of this heartbreak for me so like I always think back to that moment of it's with almost like hilarity because it's yeah. like here I am like trying to offer advice um both for her but I actually needed to take it myself you know and yeah. but then like I did have that experience to to kind of fall back on you know when I came out um yeah. which I think was pretty cool in my work too like my job if I'm trying to help someone through like their mental health issues you know Mm -hmm. like I'm investing in that and then Mm -hmm. like internally okay what do I need to be doing to like serve myself yeah and I think it's that mutual kind of maybe my heartbreak is reflected in others like both refracted it's almost like a shared thing I think we as human beings because we are either like we're all in this together like I try to think about the systems that I'm complicit in, mm-hmm. you know, and how do I turn that on its head? And everything is just so interconnected. Yeah. Right? At least for my own life, like, when my heart breaks for something or for someone, it's also because I see myself and my part of me in that person. Mm-hmm. You know, people always say, like, giving others is to like give to yourself as well and now I kind of understand what that means so like I see the work that I've done and it's so so obviously me and the hurt that I've experienced and the pain that I have still hold in my heart and it doesn't necessarily have to be completely you like you don't Mm -hmm. have to I feel like obviously I have completely different lived experiences than you know every single person Mm -hmm. it's like you said see people hear people yeah you know take a step back for me right now that is the most important thing that I can do Mm. in the day-to-day can you explain a little bit more about the softening that you talk about because I've heard you say this once before at that lunch with President Faust. 
and we were going around the table and everyone was talking about their takeaways from Harvard and everyone had really elaborate things and I remember you just paused and you said Harvard taught me how to be soft and I'm sitting to the left of President Faust and I could hear her just go oof and I think she asked you what you meant by that and you went on to explain but I've kept that memory in my head ever since and it's I can't believe I, I, I haven't told you until now but that's completely impacted the way that I choose to interact with the world and how I choose to treat myself and so I I would like to hear at least from my own mm-hmm. just what you mean by soft mm-hmm. I think it's just allowed me when I say soft I mean basically just not putting like taking my first thought mm-hmm and then like giving myself like 10 seconds or stepping back, mm. whether it's time or space, but just like not, not coming forward defensively, like with, you know, that my thought needs to be out there and mm. heard immediately, you know, not that, um, and this isn't like in a self-deprecating way, this is in a way that's like, what? what would it be like if I just, you know, kind of put myself second, Mm -hmm. you know, but I don't, I don't mean that in a, Mm -hmm. and in that way, I think you're actually like really giving space for you to be in a real conversation in a community and understand like what it's like to relate to other people, you know, just like losing that need to be, losing that need to perform Mm. you know it's just I just feel like it's so life is so much richer when I'm really hearing people and like really sharing like when it's I just I just feel like people are so incredible right at the end (laughs) of the day I just feel like everyone's story everyone's heartbreak everyone's you know just lived experience is such a testament Mm -hmm. to them and like that's so awesome and I would rather almost like I'm in getting to know myself like I can do that every second of every day Mm -hmm. but like I feel like I'm softer when I like let Mm -hmm. give people space to be themselves you know and I don't know I just think it's important to give people grace and like just be be soft with other people be soft with yourself again able to like look inward that softened me up and like I don't know I just I feel like sometimes getting knocked down and knocked off your pedestal is like so important it was so important for me and I feel like that's when I I kind of was able to really just like open myself up I used to think to get what you wanted, you I had to be, or to get what I wanted, I had to be, like, kind of play to a stereotype, mm-hmm. right? Like, play to, 
oh, I'm a smart woman in the South. Like, I have to be, like, a bitch. Or, Mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's the only way I'm going to, like, get from A to B or where I want to be. And so I think I just, like, let that define me. Yeah. And, like, let other people define me. And I didn't really have time to hear what other people... I didn't like what other people had to say, Mm. you know, because because I don't think I really knew how to listen. And once I realized, like, okay, this is actually, like, hardening me. This is making me a mean person. Mm. And also, like, losing myself. When I was about, like, 18, I guess, I really, really reached the point of letting other people define who I was. Mm. And I think in shedding that, that's when I was, like... And that happened at Harvard, Mm. right? Like, when you get there your freshman year everybody's performing everyone's a hyper version of themselves yeah and you fought I fought I fell into that it really threw me for a loop it's like okay either I'm gonna continue to feel this kind of gross hard feeling Mm -hmm. or take a step back and that was like the first time I was like all right not gonna be and it's, it's different than just being mean or being nice. It's just, like, being authentic, right? Yeah. And true to yourself and kind to yourself. How do you forgive yourself? It's still a struggle. I think, mm. like, I still struggle with, like, forgiving myself for a lot of things. But remembering that we all ride these highs and lows. My favorite favorite Brian Stevenson quote is you know we're all I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it but (laughs) we're all better than the worst thing that we do Mm -hmm. but we're all not as good as the best thing that we do Mm. you know and I just that is just like definitely top three lines that I live my life by because you know we all do some shitty things that we don't want people to know about or think shitty things that we don't want to be reminded of but like that's okay you know that really is okay yeah and so but also like I don't want to be like patting myself on the back every time I like achieve something or I'm really kind or whatever you know like that's just part of life and like where we land like our life is spent in the middle Mm -hmm. you know but sometimes people's best selves are highlighted and sometimes people's worst selves are highlighted and it it depends on like who they are where they come from background everything and like that's when I think we get into trouble is when we like define people by those moments yeah because we're all so much more complicated than that you know, how did you get to the point of wanting to to work with incarcerated people? And because I think we often, I'm sorry for introducing this into this, but oh, I'm, in my own understanding, incarcerated people are often seen as like unforgivable, and they're they're marked by something for the rest of their lives for a mistake that they made or a decision that they made that we deem unlawful and why why this work 
I think I my dad's a lawyer so I grew up kind of going to court with him because mm-hmm. I'm from a small town so I would always go just like sit there as a little kid you know and um one day he did he dropped he had to go visit a client and I was like I think I was probably seven or whatever mm-hmm. but we went to jail mm-hmm. and so he was like just waiting in the parking lot he freaking left me in the parking lot as a seven-year-old and I could not find him for like 30 minutes it felt like forever so I had to go and I like was like okay screw this um I walked into the jail and it was like such a scary place like instantly like I remember like my I was nervous I was like my breath caught in my throat. I was trying to talk to someone to find my dad. <laughs> and it's, like, it's both funny and disturbing by, like, how just going behind, you know, people call it being behind the wall, just completely changes mm-hmm. people. Maybe it's because I feel like just, I think it's the worst part of our society, Mm. (laughs) honestly, and that's what I've always been drawn to, like, okay, like, what is, what do I see as the biggest problem, Mm -hmm. and, like, what is there to do about it, Mm -hmm. you know, and to me, like, looking at our country right now, it is, it's mass incarceration, Mm. it's this continuous shaming of people, like, whether they're in jail or out of jail, they're, they're marked, like you said. And what gives us the right to do that? There has to be... There has to be another way. Everyone needs healing. Why are we not taking that approach, you know? We have created this, like, alternate, almost, group of people that are continuously, like... Beaten down by our, our housing systems, our school systems, our healthcare system, and it's just inflates our sense of us and them. I keep thinking about forgiveness after you mentioned it, and thinking about the incarcerated people that you work with. But in general, do you think that? You can forgive yourself before others have forgiven you. Does that happen? I don't know. And I guess you can't speak as a forgiveness expert, but I mean, like... Yeah. I mean, that's... I think forgiveness is so powerful. Mm-hmm. I think that might that is a tool that is necessary for kind of... The work that I'm doing too. I mean, not that like I want to wield any power, but like you know, there are there's so many rules that are in place, like in these prisons, and like so. For example, um, you know, I teach a class, and you know, if a woman is given a disciplinary report, they can't continue on with programming Hmm. with me like it's just it's a rule and like 
sitting here, I'm like, fuck that. Sorry. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, it's fine. It's just, <laughs> you know, and so I have to, there's so many times I'm trying to, like, skirt that system yeah. for, so that, like, because I think it's a joke. Like, why, why are we having, like, punishment within punishment within punishment? Like, yeah. why not try that forgiveness? And it doesn't even need to be for, I mean, it's bullshit anyway. Like, they shouldn't be getting, some of these disciplinary reports are just stupid. <laughs> Actually, all of them. Anyway. <laughs> um, but I just think, like, why, if, if we're starting to see, like, almost like a... <laughs> a Russian nesting doll, like, punishment within punishment within yeah, punishment, yeah. like, why not try something else, because it really seems like this isn't working, Yeah, you know, like, why not try forgiveness, when, you know, what, is, what would that look yeah, like? Yeah, what would that look like? It would be, like, I don't even know, that's, seems like, honestly, like I said, forgiveness and healing, like, to me, that's the only way forward in the justice system. But, you know, it's a, I mean, it's a fucking terrible place to be as it is. Like, why are we punishing people in so many different ways? Like, from everything, from the food they eat to, like, the way they're treated to the way they're we don't even help anyone re-enter into society you know yeah so mass incarceration like studying it that was that was the first thing that broke my heart this actually this question or this podcasting going towards heartbreak was conceived in that class because my professor said go towards what makes you tremble and I think I heard what I needed which was go towards what makes your heart break because I found my heart constantly breaking in this class and I remember visiting a prison in somewhere in Massachusetts and the correctional officer told us very matter-of-factly, if you don't enter my prison with a mental illness, you'll leave with one. And he just, and my heart, my heart broke for the correctional officer who was saying this because this man had been hardened and the men that he were talk he was talking about that he had witnessed come in come out like that has to take a toll on a human being for the person administering punishments people receiving the punishments like i don't think that that's in our innate like human like mm-hmm. in us to to administer hurt and that prisons are supposed to be rehabilitation centers and I had not known that I thought they were prisons for for punishment but you want to rehabilitate people who have made a mistake who have chosen to 
to do things that are unlawful and just realizing like at any point you get to be whole again I honestly don't like I can't answer that obviously but Mm -hmm. I like to be in and out of prison for like your entire life because like once you're in the system it's so hard to get out of it yeah you know it's it's like how can you if, if everything's a struggle yeah and if you're constantly just if you come to rely like on the prison as your one time to be sober or as your one time to have housing mm-hmm. or as your one time you know to have food and it's like this like, how do you even recover from that? Yeah. You know, like, what does true recovery look like? And obviously I'm not pessimistic. And, and like, I'm not wholly pessimistic mm-hmm. about, like, helping people heal and giving them, like, resources to help themselves heal. Like, I believe that we can do that and that people yeah. can move forward. Yeah. You know, I don't just sit and stew in this. Yeah. Like sadness but I I also think that until this system is no longer we're still gonna have this kind of heartbreak like Mm -hmm. you know there's just no way to I don't know it just it feels like a constant spiral yeah you know and like Michelle Alexander said like a change in in consciousness mm-hmm. that's what it's gonna take because sometimes things feel so entrenched yeah but obviously like if I felt like there was no hope I wouldn't be doing this, yeah you know so no, that's real I was having a conversation with a friend and I was trying to, we were talking about optimism. Mm-hmm. We're like, optimism, you, you, you choose to hold on to hope knowing that there's darkness there. You choose to create that hope. You choose to, now I like talk about hope and faith in different ways because I think now I'm moving towards faith because hope to me still feels like this desperate need for some good to happen Mm -hmm. and faith feels like for me a kind of peace of letting trusting that good will find its way back again Mm -hmm. but I think in the work that you do like hope is necessary I don't know if faith Mm -hmm. would be very productive Mm -hmm. Um, but hope in that it's it's part of I think you, you, you mentioned being pessimistic about things, but I actually, like, I don't want to put any feelings or words in your mouth, but I see you as a very optimistic person in that in the sense that I'm speaking about it and that you recognize that there 
really awful parts to this and it's dark but you're choosing to hold on to hope and also in some form of faith like this it will be good one day mm-hmm. and I'm working towards that and that's why I choose to be optimistic like it's a choice that you make every single day and so I was just thinking you know where you've shared a lot of maybe hard-hitting things with me but for you like how do you choose to heal I think I feel the most whole mm-hmm. when I'm just with friends and family and people that I love. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like because I and I'm la- this is this always happens whenever I like am talking to my supervisor. Uh-huh. I laugh that entire hour. <laughs> it's so dumb. Like, <laughs> I always... It just <laughs> is. Because I'm like, whether it's, I'm telling a funny story or a sad story, because it's just so healing. I think it's love and, like, laughter, and I know that sounds so cheesy. No, not at all. But, like, honestly, there's no way... And that's, that's what I try to do when I'm, like, even... In jail, I laugh. I try, like, I laugh all the time. Because it's, like, a way of coping. Yeah. It's a way of releasing and giving energy. Yeah. I think positive energy. Yeah. Even when it's, like, the most, you just heard the most ridiculous thing or the saddest thing. Like, I don't know. I think laughter and, like, it's almost, like, for me, it is an expression of, of love and caring because it's just... I don't know. There's nothing that makes me feel better yeah. than like laughing and cheering and you know. Also, I like I've been telling you, I've been feeling like stupid emotional lately. Yeah. And like I think just I need to be better about letting myself cry and not hating myself for it. That's yeah. something I'm working on. Um, because then if it just builds up, it's like. I, I start to feel things that are not even true. You're gonna shit tears. <laughs> yeah. It's shitting tears. It really, it's <laughs> really hot. It hurts. I know, but it's so much more fun to laugh. Yeah. But I think it's just as healing to cry, too. Yeah. You know? I feel that. And I also, oh my gosh, one of my favorite, like, little anecdotes, too, is. There, I went to this talk by Laura Vandenut Lipsky, who wrote Trauma Stewardship. Hmm. And it's about, like, basically secondary trauma. Um, and um, she was saying how there's a reason, like, antelopes and, you know, zebras and animals, like, and deer, who are chased by, like, lions and predators of all different types, like can go from running for, for their lives uh-huh. and then, like, eating and grazing on grass, like, ten minutes later. Mm. It's because they're scared and they experience, like, a high level of trauma. And then they run it off or they shake. And then they can go on with their lives. But we as humans have the, have these traumas and, like, have these feelings. Um, and we don't metabolize them. We just sit with them. And so I just think that that is so true. So if ever, like, I'm feeling sad or whatever, like, laughing, that's why I feel better. It's because mm. it's, like, a physical act of releasing energy. Yeah. Te- crying. 
Um, it's a physical act of releasing energy. I mean, if I'm on a good day, I'll go for a run. And then you feel so much better. Yeah. Instead of just sitting with whatever you're feeling. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and I really think that that helps so much. Whatever. Just a yeah. way to make it through the day. Metabolizing <laughs> it. Yeah, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Speaking about metabolizing, um, what would... What does going towards your heartbreak look like? I think it's just continuing to challenge myself. Mm-hmm. Like, it's continuing to get to know myself. Mm-hmm. And to give myself, like, a time and space to do that. Yeah. You know? It's, I think we do, like, we see things that we, like, want to change. And we see things that, like... Like, I am motivated by things that make me angry. Mm-hmm. Yes, like, that's what going towards my heartbreak looks like. Like, continuing to try to dismantle, like, white supremacist patriarchal systems that govern our society. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, that is what I want to do. But, like, that starts in here, too. Yeah. Because, like, that is so... That's a part of... like the society that I grew up in and Mm -hmm. like and continuing to live in today and so like dismantling that internally Mm -hmm. continuing to like do that in the world around me is that's what I hope it looks like for me like I hope every day I'm able to have these kind of conversations and like I said continuing to be able to step back and listen and be soft about it Mm. um because that's like the only way the idea of how radical like self-care is Mm. like that's what it is it's so radical like we all have these identities that tell us we shouldn't take care of ourselves there was this post i read on facebook it said when asked to list all the people and the things that you love how long does it take until you get to name yourself i love you you're so great (laughs) Oh,